and submit to his lordship, we will win. Praise God. High five somebody and tell them, I believe that's right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's right, Brother Powell. I can learn to just follow him. And even when I'm in the storm, if I'm following him, it's going to be all right. The ship's not going to sink if he's the Lord of that ship. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated. Congratulations, brother and sister Powell, on your anniversary. They just got back. Amen. From a few days of celebration. I've got some feedback here. I need um, a little assistance. Praise God. Let me. Am I going to have to go get this monitor here? All right. You guys ready? Yes, sir. You guys ready? All right. How, how many ate before church tonight? And it didn't really settle too good. <laughs> well, I still have feedback and I'm waiting. I'm not. I don't think I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm, I'm waiting on some technological changes, some digital changes. We're almost there. We're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to talk about the Word of the Lord, talk. We're going to teach the Word of the Lord. Hopefully we'll uh, inspire and inform and educate and uh share some familiar things with us. Um, as I look around, I don't see anybody that knows it all. Maybe a few that think they do, but uh, I'm kidding. Uh, none of us know it all. If we did, we wouldn't be here. But we're going to spend some time reviewing things Concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ, things that are pertinent not just to our salvation but to our relationship with the Lord and our relationship in this world. We, say I, am called of God to make a difference. and We can't do that just by mere intellect, ingenuity, and energy. We need more than those things. Now, those things are helpful, but we need more than those things. We need knowledge. We need understanding. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of things that we can do without the anointing. Did you hear me? There's a lot of things that we can do without the anointing. You can preach without the anointing. You can teach without the anointing. You can invite people to church without the anointing. You can sing without the anointing. You can play an instrument without the anointing. You can be an armor bearer. You can serve. You can work. You can labor without the anointing. But if you want to be a part of God's deliverance in helping to deliver someone's soul, from the grip of hell, from the bondage and the dominion of sin, you got to have the anointing. You can't do that without the anointing. You can be smart, you can be educated, and you can articulate very well. You can do all of those things without the anointing. But there's some things that just cannot be done without the anointing. If they are done without the anointing, then you will not have the right results. And so we're going to talk about not just the anointing, but the thing that is anointed. And that, of course, is the Word of God, particularly the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many in here would stand to your feet and say, I know the whole gospel and I can stand up and I could tell you right now? Would you stand up? Let me see who you are. If you're confident that you know the gospel so well that you could just stand up and just tell the whole world 
right now. Let me see who you are. I want to have a little private meeting just to kind of see if we're on the same page. All right, Sister Brianna, God bless you. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Amen. We're going to transform this place into a classroom. Is that all right? Can we do that tonight? Now, I didn't bring a copy for everybody, but what I have done is I have condensed 18 pages of notes, Brother R.J., Robert Johnson, Robert James. <laughs> That's crazy, ain't it? Robert Johnson. I know a guy named Robert Johnson. He's a policeman. But anyway, Brother Robert James. I have condensed 18 pages of notes, Brother Powell. I've condensed those 18 pages into four little old pages. Just four pages. And it's font number 14. And some of it's bold. And some of it's highlighted. And we're going to share tonight, and I've just titled this little lesson, The Synopsis of the Gospel. And what we're going to talk about here for just a little while is the, the major components of the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that, is that okay? Can we talk about that? Now, I know I can ask people here tonight to... Uh, quote Acts 2.38. Most of you could stand up and quote it. Probably verbatim, King James language. But we want to go a lot further than Acts 2.38. And we want to uh, dig deep into the Old Testament and discover that the gospel of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, was first mentioned or recorded in the book of Genesis chapter number 3 when the Lord says that the seed was going to come. He was going to bruise the head of the serpent. The serpent was going to bruise his heel. So first mention is recorded in Genesis chapter number 3 concerning the gospel. Let me read a verse of Scripture. Now, I didn't get this in time to our um, computer tech so follow me, Sister Dawn, as well as you can. God bless you for doing so. Paul said in Romans chapter number 1 and verse 16, this is what Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Say that with me. Say the gospel of what? What is it the gospel of? One more time, the gospel of the gospel of Christ. Now, when you type in the word gospel, or if you look in your Strong's Concordance, I used to, I think I still have one. It's about uh, 1,007,462 pages. Um, <laughs> it's a big book, it's heavy too. But you can look up the word gospel and you'll find it many times recorded particularly in the King James version of the Bible the gospel the word gospel it's also where we get the word uh, I believe I'm not sure if I can pronounce this it's close to uh, eulogy or evangel it's where we get evangelism so forth but the word gospel, the basic meaning or definition, are you ready for this? This is powerful. Are you ready, Brother Garza? Now, you've been through this class. All of you, uh, knowledge of God students, foundation of life students, you've already been through this. You know level one, level two, level three. Well, this is from level two. This is condensed and summarized. This is three lessons, about 18 pages, as I mentioned. The word gospel simply means glad tidings. Uh, its definition is the good news. Say that with me. Say the gospel is the good news. Right. In context of Scripture, the gospel is the glad tidings, good news, or the good message. Isaiah chapter 52, verse number 7 52 and 7 of Isaiah says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. 
Say that with me. Good tidings. Good tidings, glad tidings. It's referring to the gospel. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth. Somebody say this with me. We have to bring it. We have to bring it. We've got to bring more than just presence. We've got to bring the gospel that brings good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation. Say salvation. That saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. So our focus here is understanding what the gospel is. The main components of the gospel. Why is it so important? Why do we need to publish it? Should it be received? Should there be a response? What is the results of those who do receive and respond to the gospel? We're going to share those things in this lesson here tonight, if we have time. These good tidings, and of course, if you want the whole uh, three-part lesson, then you can send an email. Please don't text me uh, concerning your request because it'll probably get buried. Um, if you want a copy, in fact, we're going to make this, I think we're going to make it available in book form, uh, The Gospel Made Easy. That's a catchy title. Because, I will say this, if we want more people to be saved, then more of the saved must have the knowledge, the comprehension, the competence, the understanding of what the gospel is so that we have more confidence and we will actually go out and do more than invite people to church, but we will actually bring Jesus Christ to them in the form of the gospel. What made the early church effective was the fact that they knew the Lord and they knew the gospel and they communicated it to everybody. So everybody in the New Testament church in the book of Acts, you'll find it, it's very, very clear, that while the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, the rest of the church was scattered and every member of the church, the body of Christ, preached the gospel. And what resulted? People heard, people believed, people called on, people were saved. Disciples were multiplied because the whole church preached the whole gospel to their world. Isn't that powerful? I wonder what it would look like. I wonder what Palm Beach County would be like if every born-again man and woman of God was fully convinced had full knowledge and wisdom and understanding of what the gospel was and communicated it to at least one person every day. I wonder what kind of result there would be. It would absolutely blow our minds. I really feel that. Sadly, we tend to settle for just working and laboring and doing things within the house instead of taking the time to read, to study, to seek to understand the whole gospel so that we're full of the knowledge of what the gospel is. And I want to say this from experience. The more you know, the more you are convinced of the word of the Lord, the more confidence you will have. And the more confidence you have, the more you will communicate to other people. You ever notice that? I could talk about fishing right now. Brother, Brother Mary can talk about fi We can talk about man, what the, what's the best bait, what's working now, how to catch a snook, how to catch a redfish, how to catch a trout. Why? Because we know. It's not a mere belief. We know. We've experienced. We've been around a while. We've made those casts. We can show you how to cast. 
We can show you where to cast. We can show you what to do after you cast. Is that right? Brother Merritt can because he knows. And because of his knowledge, amen, he is very confident. He doesn't go out on that boat and he's just all timid and shy. Like, oh, I just, I don't know if we're going to catch any fish. And, you know, sometimes it may feel that way because of bad weather, you know, the wrong wind direction. But we go out and, and we have the mindset, we're, we're going to get hooked up today. We're going to catch this. We're going to catch that. I have confidence because I've been here before. I've got the right bait. I've got the right tackle. And I'm in the right location. And so when you do have competence, you do have comprehension, you understand, it does help you have confidence so that you will communicate. Like Sister uh, Deborah here. You, you, you can tell people um, what to use if they have a roach problem. What to use if they have an ant problem. What to use if they have a whatever. What, and there are some other things out there, the little pests. Termites. She can tell you what to use if you have a termite problem. Maybe if you have bed, bed bug problem. She can tell you. She's got experience. She's got knowledge. And if we all have knowledge of what the gospel is, it's going to be easy. And we're going to be confident so that we'll absolutely just communicate to, to people. And we'll do more than just invite them to church. Amen. But we'll bring Jesus to them. He didn't say, uh, uh, go and tell the world to come. No. He says, go into all the world. The church. Listen, the world's not coming to church. We're crazy if we think the whole world's coming to church. The Bible is the church has got to go to the world. And whether they come into this building or not, we can still reach them because we have what it takes to reach them. We have who it takes to reach them. Hallelujah. I know people get the Holy Ghost driving their car. I know people had to pull over because they got the Holy Ghost because someone witnessed to them. Someone preached the gospel after a church service and they heard the gospel and they believed it and they began to call upon the Lord. One of my close friends, the now preacher now, used to be a martial artist. Well, he had to pull over because he got to thinking about what they were talking about. They were just talking about the Lord and just proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, long story short, he got the Holy Ghost in his car. And he's an apostolic preacher, pastor today. So the gospel works. And we will see how powerful it really is when all of us are full of it. And we're convinced and we will go and communicate it to our world. Praise God. So let's go further. Let's find out what is the gospel. What is the good tidings. What is all this publishing peace and publishing salvation. What is this all about? Well, I will say that the gospel is not simply uh, something that we find in the New Testament. The gospel is woven intricately and purposely all throughout the Bible, the Old Testament as well as the New. In fact, it was expressed in the Old Testament, but it was experienced in the New Testament. It was declared in the Old Testament. It was demonstrated in the New Testament. It was foretold in the Old Testament, but it was fulfilled in the New Testament. Praise God. Someone say the gospel. You guys, everybody with me? All right. Praise the Lord. Please pay attention. We're trying to get ready for rapture here. <laughs> Trying to get ready to evangelize. You know, the, the preacher preached on uh, the, the ministry. And, and, and I was so excited and just it resonated so strong with me. On Saturday, uh, he preached about standing in the gap and interceding uh, for souls. And he talked about our, our ministry. Uh, we think that, well, my ministry is music or my ministry is armor bearer or my ministry is custodian. No, 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 no. Let me, let, me, let me back up. Before you're an apostle, you're a witness. Before you're a prophet, you're a witness. Before you're an armor bearer, you're a witness. 
Are you hearing me? Before you're a singer, a choir member, a musician, you're a witness. Your primary ministry is not apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, deacon. Hello. Your primary ministry is that of a witness. And if we're not functioning as witnesses, then we don't really know the power of the anointing. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? If we're not functioning as living, vocal witnesses of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then we're probably not realizing the power of the anointing of Jesus Christ. My, you know what my primary ministry is? It's not, it's not associate or assistant or administrator. No, no, no. My primary ministry is to be a witness unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Lord. Are you ready for this, Sister Carly? Huh? You ready for this? All you gifted people, I want you to hear me. You ready? All of you who operate in all the gifts of the Spirit. Hmm? And, and, and you've been on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. You know what your primary ministry is? Huh? It's not prophecy. Should we seek to prophesy? Yes. We should excel to the edification of the church. But the Lord said to Paul, I appeared to thee for this cause, to make thee a minister and a witness. So what's more powerful than an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher? A witness. You might be an apostle, but don't lose your ministry of witness. You might be a prophet, but don't lose your ministry of that of a witness. You might be a teacher, but don't lose the ministry of the witness. God's always had witnesses. That's right. Now, I'm not talking about before there was God. I'm talking about after he created it. All right? We read that in the Old Testament. So the gospel is woven all throughout the Bible. It's revealed in the Old Testament. It's realized in the New Testament. It's expressed and then experienced. It's foretold and then fulfilled. A notable convert, disciple, minister, witness, and later apostle in the New Testament. We know him. We say we refer to him as the greatest apostle. He was kind of like Jesus uh, to the Gentiles. Uh, he was Saul at one time, now referred to as the Apostle Paul. He preached the gospel of Christ. Notice this. I want you to notice this. Now, I'm trying to educate. I'm trying to inform. I'm trying to help us right now. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ without the book of Matthew, without the book of Mark, without the book of Luke, and without the book of John. There was no book of Acts written. When Paul preached the gospel, he used one manuscript, and that was the Old Testament. When Paul preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, he preached it according to the Old Testament scriptures and his personal encounter and revelation of Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? That tells me that the Old Testament must be important because Paul preached Jesus by experience, encounter, and by revealed truth that was disclosed in the Old Testament. Amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Praise God. I love that. Acts chapter 9, get a little bit of detail. Here's Paul, Acts 28, 23. And when they had appointed him, referring to Saul or Paul, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning who? Concerning Jesus out of what? Both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. From morning till evening. He's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about Jesus. Hello. He's preaching to them Jesus Christ and he's using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets. That's amazing to me. Someone tell your neighbor, read your Bible. Because the gospel is there. <laughs> the key to understanding the New Testament is having right revelation of the Old Testament. Because everything in the New is built on the Old. Does that make sense? All right. I'm, I'm just trying to engage your spirit your mind tonight let's look at what jesus taught this is so awesome brother pal i love it this is so awesome listen the gospel is so powerful even jesus preached it <laughs> the gospel was so powerful that even jesus preached it 
And Jesus liked it. What do you mean? What do you mean he preached it? He preached his own identity. He preached what he came to do. He preached his purpose, his motive, his reason. He even preached the results of those that would believe. He preached baptism. He preached the Holy Ghost. He preached repentance. He preached remission of sins. He preached eternal life. He preached that I and my Father are one. Jesus Christ preached the whole gospel. Yes, he did. He preached the new birth message. Where do you think the apostles got it from? They got it from him. (laughs) I love it. He preached the gospel. He believes in the gospel. It's all about him. This is what's recorded in Luke chapter number 24, verses 44 and 45. Man, I'm about to fly through this. And he said to them, Jesus, these are the words. Now, this is Luke 24, 44, 45. These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were? Were written. Where were they written? The things that must be fulfilled. Where were they written? In the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms. And what were they about? He said, it was, it was all about me. It was, it was all about me. He said, you know, all that stuff that was written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, he said, it was about me. <laughs> Everything that was foretold, it was about me. That's why we call it the gospel of Christ. It's all about Him. That's right. That's the good news. It's not that you just get a get out of jail free card. No. It's not that you just get saved. No. It's that you get to come into relationship with God, the Creator, who can become your Savior so that you can have more than just get out of free jail card, get out of jail free card. But you can actually have walk with him, walk, have him walk with you and in you, so that you will never have to go to jail again. <laughs> I love it. Then, verse forty-five. After he said that, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. What scriptures? What scriptures? The scriptures in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the and the Psalms. All the scriptures that spake of him. That's what he, he gave them the key of knowledge. So that when they look at the scriptures, they would see him. They would hear him. They would know him. They would understand him. And hopefully they make a decision to believe him. That's right. That's right. You know, the disciples, the apostles, he said, hey, this is what they said. They said, we are witnesses. That's right. We're witnesses of who he is and what he has done. Praise God. Say, that's good news. Mm. (laughs) Jesus fulfilled what he foretold, that he would come and he would save his own people. The prophecies of old reveal that the Almighty God, the Lord, would come into the earth and save his people, thus becoming the Savior, the Christ, Emmanuel, the Anointed One. We know what Emmanuel means, right? With us, God with us. That's right. Isaiah chapter forty. I'm running out of time. Isaiah chapter 40, the voice of him. Now I'm reading Isaiah 40, verse number 3 through 5 and then 9 through 11. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. We also see this in the New Testament. Prepare ye the way of who? The way of? The way of? Prepare the way of? The Lord. What does Jeremiah 10.10 say? Know ye that the Lord he is? God. The Lord is God. So I hope before we move any further, you conclude in your mind that there is one Lord, and this one Lord is God. Jeremiah 10.10. Don't care what anybody says. Don't care what anybody thinks. The Bible's right. Let God be true, and every man a what? A liar. I'm building on what the Word says. And the Word says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway, not for another person, but a highway for who? Our God. So here when you read the narrative, it is saying that the Lord, He's God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked 
shall be made straight and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. <laughs> the revelation of the gospel. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it. it didn't say all angels. It says all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Verse 9, O Zion, that bringest, here it is, that bringeth the gospel, the good tidings. This is what it says. Get thee up to the mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, the gospel. Lift up your voice with strength. Lift up, lift it up, and don't be afraid unto the cities of Judah. Behold, what did John say? Behold the Lamb of God. Well, the prophet said, Behold your God. Behold the Lord will come. The Lord God will come with a strong hand and his arm. I don't have time to get into uh, some of the, the prophecies concerning the arm of the Lord. The arm of the Lord is simply God's manifestation, God reaching, God expressing, God manifesting. And his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work is before him. He, who? The Lord, who is God, the one that's going to come. He, this is what it says, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Remember Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. So the good news that the scripture is talking about is concerning he who is to come. It's not just that someone is coming, but it's identifying the one that is coming. So the gospel is not just someone's coming to save you. The gospel is who is coming to save you. Does that make sense? It's not just someone's coming to save you, but it's he, it's the person, it's the one that is coming to do the saving. It is the Lord God who will become our Savior and our Shepherd. And he did so by reconciling us back to himself. Let's look at the words of Paul. And I'm kind of uh, merging the revelation and the recognition of the gospel. Because if we're going to, the reason why we can recognize the gospel is because the gospel has been revealed in the scriptures. Does that, does that make sense? Is that clear? The reason why we can have proper recognition of the gospel is because the gospel has already been revealed in the scripture and it's recorded for us. Romans chapter number 5, let's listen to Paul again. He says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Isn't that good news? That's good news. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, his flesh, his humanity, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his what? By his life. Paul again in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 1. Paul, he's sharing details about the gospel. Now you're not going to find everything in one verse or two verses or three verses. But all of the verses in the scripture are going to come together so that we have the right answer. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you, what? The gospel, the good news, which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which you also are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed, someone say believed, Believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I have received, how that Christ, who is Emmanuel, the Messiah, God manifest in the flesh, died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Say that with me. Say according to the Scriptures. I hate going so fast. I don't like to just get out information. I just, I love it when people get it. That's, that's you know what I'm saying? I don't like to just dish out a bunch of food. I like to watch them enjoy it. I like to hear him say, mm, man, that's the best fried chicken I ever had. Ooh, ooh, sweet potato. Man, I ain't never had a sweet potato like this. Huh? I'm not just about feeding somebody. I, I, want, I want to know that you're getting it, that you're getting this, that it's sticking to your ribs. 
Amen. Throw a little cornbread and some gravy on those potatoes. Man, I know you ate good when you went back home. <laughs> Ain't nothing like southern cooking. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Amen. I know if I feel like if the Lord uh, was to come in our day, he'd probably come in, in Georgia somewhere, you know. <laughs> Praise God. Maybe he'd stay away from the pork. I don't know. Anyway, you never heard of sanctified swine? I, it, it's sanctified when you pray over it. Anyway, that's that's a revelation. We'll we'll get we'll deal with that later. <laughs> he said, "Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scripture." So why did he do all of this? Ask yourself. Say, why did he do it? Why? Why'd you have to do all that? Well, he did it to become your sa- your savior, not just to save you, but to become your savior. That's right. He did so by manifesting himself in the flesh, becoming one of us, and dying as us. In other words, dying in our place as one of us. Of course, we know he was buried, he resurrected, he ascended up on high, and he poured out his spirit to raise us up so that we could live together with him, not just have a better life. (laughs) No, but he sent his spirit into us to adopt us and to raise us up to bring us unto himself so that we can ever be with the Lord. Praise God, fulfilling his eternal purpose. And this, of course, is demonstrating his great love for us. It doesn't demonstrate how awesome we are. It demonstrates how awesome he is. Huh? <laughs> First John chapter number 1, verse number 1 and 2, that which was from the beginning, that which was from the beginning, he's not talking about the Bible, okay, it's not in the beginning was the Bible, it's in the beginning was the Word, the Word was before the Bible, all right, there was no Bible when God said let there be light, huh, those writings and and recordings came much, much later, but that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, say we have heard, The apostles talking, we have heard and we have seen, really, that which was was from the beginning. We've heard it and we've seen it with our eyes. We've looked upon and our hands have handled the word of life. Now go figure that out. Now I'm talking right now and all you can do is hear what I'm saying. But the word he's talking about, he said, we heard it, we seen it, we looked upon it, and our hands have handled it, the word of life. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Same word, that which was from the beginning. And the life, this word, the word of life, the life was manifested, so how could we see God, hear God, look upon God, and feel God, and taste and experience? It's only through manifestation. Does that make sense? All right, I'm, I'm trying to just kind of keep it basic and practical here. For the life was manifested, we've seen it, we bear witness, and we show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. And First John, I'm going to throw this in, this is a freebie, I like freebies. First John chapter 5, verse 20, the last statement of that verse says, He is the true God. He's talking about Jesus Christ, the, the word of life, that which was from the beginning. He's the true God and He is eternal life. Isn't that amazing? So what's the good news about? It's about him. Why is it about him? Because he's true life. He's eternal life. He's the almighty God. He's Emmanuel. That's right. In him is life. He came to do what? To give us life and that more? Abundant. Praise the Lord. So the emphasis of the gospel is always about him, the Lord, the word, the eternal life, the Savior. Isaiah prophesied in chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 it talks about a day that was going to be coming and when that day comes this is what it says this is what will be said when that day comes behold God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength in that day someone say that day came 
and this has been fulfilled. And the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. The Hebrew word is God, the Lord, Jehovah, my strength, my song. He has become my Yeshua, my salvation. That's where we get the word Jesus, Emmanuel. <laughs> Woo, praise God. So the word reveals that the only true God, the Lord, the creator, became our Yeshua, our salvation. Coming in the flesh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, amen. We can see in the scripture, I hope. Now some don't see it because they don't look at the scripture to find truth. They look in the scripture to validate what they believe. Don't look into the scripture to validate what you believe. Look into the scripture to let the scripture tell you what you should believe. There's a lot of stuff that people preach and say and, and, and promote as belief, but it is not according to the scripture. That's why the apostle says, hey, I'm preaching right now the gospel of Jesus Christ, but if I come later or anybody else or an angel and then we preach a different gospel, don't receive him. Don't receive him. That's right. What he's saying is you need to put more confidence in the truth than you do the person who presents the truth. Does that, do you understand that? I can make a mistake, and I want to tell you everything that I say isn't true. It might be a perception. I might think it's true, but I'm not God. I do make mistakes. I've said things and then years later had to, had to kind of recant and change that a little bit because I made some mistakes. And I said some things that God didn't say. And I said some things that I thought but God didn't reveal. So that's why i got to study to make sure that God approves of my life and what I'm presenting to His people. So that they don't believe a lie but they believe the truth. It's only knowing truth that can make people free. Let me move forward here. I don't have near enough time. Wow, too much information, not enough time. He is the one that laid down his physical life for our sins so that we can be reconciled. Without the life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, none of us could be saved and receive eternal life. Hear me. The church preached, the church preached Jesus Christ everywhere they went. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 5. In Acts 8, Philip preached what? He preached Christ unto the Samaritans. He preached Christ unto the Ethiopian. And he would not even baptize the Ethiopian unless he was convinced that he knew and believed who Jesus was. If, we, if people do not believe who Jesus is, they might as well be dead when we baptize them. They're not saved simply because we baptize them. They're baptized according to their faith, their belief, their confidence in who Jesus is and what he did to provide salvation. If faith was not necessary, we could baptize dead people, unconscious people, people in a comatose, and even babies when they come out the womb if faith was not required. So it's more than just the act and the formula. It's the faith according to the Word of God that makes the difference. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. Acts chapter number 9, verse number 20, Saul preached, and he preached the identity of Jesus Christ in the synagogues. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, and Him crucified. Acts 2.36, that he is both Lord and Christ. Notice every conversion it recorded in the scripture. If you will go back and read every conversion in the New Testament, it was always preceded by the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached and believed. Not just someone standing up and saying, I command you to do this. No, no, no. Before there's a command, there's a revelation. Before every revival, there's always a revelation. I'm telling you, look in the Bible. Before every revival, there's always the revelation. God revealing something. That's right. Praise God. I'm in the Bible. The Bible's right. 
I don't have a lot of confidence in me or my brain or my intellect or my ingenuity, my ingenuity, my pedigree. I don't have a lot of confidence in myself, but I have confidence in this book. And I have confidence in the anointing. And I have confidence that God is right. That's right. I'll tell the president, amen, in the spirit of meekness and love. doesn't matter, black or white or Spanish or female or male. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Come on. Whether bond or free, male or free or female. The Bible says this gospel is for everybody. And if it's for everybody, then, then more of us need to know about it. Because we can't reach everybody from in here. Can we? No. No, we can't reach everybody from in here. I can't reach people on your job from in here, but you can. And what are you going to reach them with? We're going to reach them with the gospel. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not just informing and educating, but I hope that I'm inspiring you to get back into the Word of God. My dad told me the other day, and i got to close here shortly. My dad told me just the other day, he said, son, and he was in the hospital. He said, son, I, uh, and man, this just moved me. He said, uh, he said I started reading the book of Luke. And I stopped at John chapter number 4. And I'm like, Dad, you read the whole, there's 24 chapters in the book of Luke. You read 24 chapters of the gospel of Jesus Christ and then the first four chapters or the first three or four chapters in the book of John. He's like, yeah. He said, "Hey, stuff in there I never knew. I said, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I just love that testimony. People get into the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the question is, now before, before we ask this question and answer the question, John chapter 17, verse number 3, this is, the li this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, even Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And then, of course, you can add 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 correlates with that verse. So the question is, how does the gospel affect us, apply to us? What are the benefits or the results, and what is the proper response? Ask somebody, well, how does this apply to us? What is the response? What is the proper response? Well, we should be able to, to give them the answer of how they can respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this is a this is such a condensed uh uh, lesson version here, um, but there is so much to this that you can learn. If I can learn it, you can learn it. Yes. If I can learn it, you can learn it. If God can speak to me, he can speak to you. God doesn't just speak to the left finger. God doesn't just speak to the right arm. God speaks to the whole body. My brain right now is communicating and in connection with every part in my body. And that's why it's important for all of us to dwell together in unity so that we know the same doctrine, so that we move in the same direction, and so that we arrive at the same destination. Praise God. So what's the proper response? Is response necessary? Ask someone the question. When I've heard the gospel, when someone hears the gospel, Brother Garza, is response necessary or is just accepting it in my mind and just saying, oh, I thank you, Lord, for all that you did. I confess you. You are Lord. I'm saved. High five. Amen. I'm going to heaven. Is there more? Is there more? <laughs> all right. Here's a question. I want to inject this really quick, really quick. When God sent Moses... To Egypt, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Was that all that was done? Was, was the people delivered just because he said, let my people go? Were they delivered? No, a response was necessary. So he was preaching. He had demonstration. There was signs and wonders. There was plagues. The demonstration of God's power was with Moses. But in order for them to come out of Egypt, they had to respond correctly to his instruction. And that's what the Lord is saying to us. 
I've done my part. And if you'll preach who I am and what I have done and then tell them what they can do to benefit, they will be saved. People will be saved. And I'll become their Savior. And we'll walk together. And we'll sup together. And guess what? It's not going to stop here. (laughs) This is only the beginning. I'm going to take them to be with me. And they're going to be with me forever. I think that's a good deal. Oh, yeah. I think that's the best retirement. So when God sent Moses to Egypt to lead his people out, they had to respond. They had to comply. They had to obey and follow his instruction in order to be saved. So their response, their obedience to come out demonstrated their belief. Does that make sense? That's right. Your action is really what demonstrates or proves that you truly believe. If you believe that a tornado is going to hit your house, what are you going to do? You're going to prepare, right? You're going to respond. So your response reveals your belief. Does that make sense? Faith without works is dead. So here we go, Acts 16, verse 30, let's all stand. Praise God. When the babies start crying, it's time to close. When people start looking at their watches and their stomach starts growling, it's time to close. (laughs) Praise God. Acts 16, verse number 30. I'm playing some good altar music right now in my mind. Just bear with me. No, I haven't got that far yet. Acts chapter 16, verse number 30. I'm really good at playing the keyboard in my mind. Telling you, I hope the Lord just gives me an opportunity. Maybe there'll be a harp or something. You know, haven't you just always wanted to play a harp? You know? Anyway, maybe it'll work out. Acts chapter, th- <laughs> Acts chapter 16, verse 30. These are some examples, very, very briefly, a few examples of those who heard the gospel, believed the gospel, and were instructed to respond in order to have the right results. Does that make sense? Rewind that and play it again. He brought them and he said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But he didn't stop there. And thou shalt be saved and thy house. And he didn't stop there. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. Some people just make that statement and move on. But they stayed there a while. Because they wanted to make sure you understand what we mean when we say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They spake the word to all that were in the house. And then the response, he took them the same hour. He washed their stripes. And this is what the Bible says. This man was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them. And they rejoiced, believing in God. How do you know he was believing in God? Because you see the response. You see the response. It's evidence there in the scripture that he was believing in God with all of his house. Mark chapter 16, verses number verse number 15 and 16. And I know you guys are ready to go. And amen. We're going to share some, we're going to make a toast tonight with some of that red Kool-Aid a little bit later on. Praise God. Now, not the kind of Kool-Aid that they have over there where they kill all those people. And I'm talking about that stuff. <laughs> ah, my, 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 Lord have mercy. <laughs> Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world, go into all the world, go into all the world, go into all the world. That means the nursing homes. That means your job. That means Burger King. Huh? I don't care if they're homosexual, bisexual, or trisexual. It doesn't matter. Male or female. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what their ethnic background is. It doesn't matter if they are all just, you know, all messed up. <laughs> and they don't know who they are. And they don't know what bathroom to use. Don't worry about all that. Give them Jesus. Give them truth. Give them the gospel. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ be the convicting agent, the illumination that they need. 
Because the gospel will do more for them than you can. Because the power of God is tied up in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm going to tell everybody who he is and what he did. And now I get to respond and receive remission of sins. Praise God. I get to receive the Holy Ghost, the power of the resurrection. He said, he that believeth, what? He said, what did he say? Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, believeth what? Believes who Jesus is and what Jesus did. As well as what Jesus instructs and offers. Eternal life, salvation. <laughs> Woo, this is powerful. He that believes this and is baptized, proper response, shall be saved, proper results. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So it does matter if you believe or not. Acts chapter 19, we see here, he's, he's uh, ministering to these individuals. He said, hey, guys. <laughs> You churchgoers, man, that's awesome that you're going to church now, but have you received the Holy Ghost? I remember one time talking to this big guy. He was a wrestler. You know, he wrestled like Abdullah Jabbar, and he's just a big old guy. And he was talking. He's like, man, I'm in the choir now, and I'm doing this, and I just love the Lord. I said, praise God, have you received the Holy Ghost yet? He said, not yet. Not yet. But I'm a, I, and I said, man, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. God's going to fill with the Holy Ghost. And I just began to preach the gospel to him. A few, few weeks went by. He didn't even go to my church. But he came to me that day and he said, hey, guess what, Dad? Guess what? I said, what? Tell me. He said, I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. I don't care where they get it. As long as they get it. Because the Spirit of God will lead them and guide them in all truth. And so Paul's ministering, he's preaching about the Holy Ghost. And he, and he said, well, or they responded and said, well, we haven't really heard about, about the Holy Ghost. And he said, well, how, how will you baptize? He wasn't trying to have a debate. He was just asking them a question. He wasn't trying to prove them wrong. He's just asking them a question. And they, and they said, well, we, we were baptized under John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance. But remember the words of John. He says that you need to believe on him that is coming after me. That is on Christ Jesus. Who's the gospel about? It's about him. <laughs> it's about him. He's the, John the Baptist says, I'm just baptizing you with water. But there's one coming. He's mightier than I. I'm not even worthy to, to untie the latches of his shoes. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And Paul wasn't there. But Paul had a revelation. And Paul pointed them believers to Jesus. And when he preached the gospel of Jesus, this is the response. <laughs> Ooh, praise God, this is the response. When they heard this, just give them something that they need to hear. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. How do you know? They spake with tongues and prophesied. Someone say, there's reception, there's response. And then there's results. Ooh, hallelujah. Read Acts 10 for further information, further clarity. So the response to the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ is believing, repenting, being baptized, and continuing in obedience. That's right. You mean I got to do all that? You mean I got to be saved? <laughs> you mean I got I to have eternal life? <laughs> No, but you get to. You, you get to, have, this is it. You, you get to have all your sins remitted. You, you get the keys to deliverance. You get set free from the dominion and the power of sin. Oh, what are the results? What are the benefits? Well, you get the life of God, the Holy Ghost, which is eternal life. You get to be adopted into the royal family. You get to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. You're empowered to become the sons of God. You get to become a partaker of the inheritance and the ability to know and have a right relationship with God, thus fulfilling God's eternal purpose.
Church, we need to know the revelation of the gospel in order to have proper recognition so that we can communicate it to everybody, start in our homes. Because if we will give them the revelation and the recognition of the gospel, they will have the ability to receive it and to respond to it and experience the same results that you have experienced. Come on, isn't that worth going after? Come on, do you want that? I don't know about you, but I want that. I want it all. Come on, let's lift our hands into the Lord. Thank God for His Word. We love you. We praise you. We know that you're here tonight. We know that your Word is true. We know that our experience is real. And we know that we also, God, need to increase in knowing and understanding you and your word and your will and the gospel so that we are competent and confident in communicating it to our world so that they can hear you and believe you and respond to you and receive the right results that you've already predetermined. In Jesus' name, we pray that that becomes our reality and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. That is the short synopsis of the whole gospel. We'll see you Sunday.